Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Production Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. Welcome to Laugh, episode 189. It's a We Laugh for the October 21st weekend. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table, as always, is the other host, Richard Lusk. What up? What up, yo? Busy weekend as we get into the fall. Apparently, they're figuring no one wants to be outdoors, so we need to release tons and tons of movies. Right, and then next week, there's only one movie, right? Yeah. So, a couple of these are like Halloween-related movies that would make more sense next week. I guess, yeah. What are they banking on? Next week, it's going to be a very short We Laugh, because all we have to do is talk about Tom Hanks' Inferno. But this weekend, full, uh, probably the biggest release is going to be Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. This stars Tom Cruise as he reprises his role of Jack Reacher, made famous from the Lee Childs novel series. There's something like 20 Jack Reacher novels, I think. Ooh, that's a lot of movies. Yeah, there's a lot to mine. But apparently, this is one of the last books that was written. Oh. So they kind of stole that. Oh, that's uh, kind of stupid. Yeah. I guess you can go back and do prequels. You have to get another cut-off, short, runny guy. To- I, yeah, I mean, y- you could pick up the stories. It all works. Uh, Jack Reacher's going to have to uncover the truth about a major government conspiracy that somehow involves his love interest, Colby so- Summers? Smolders. Smolders? Yeah. Smolders in the Summers? <laughs> yeah. Um PG-13, two-hour runtime. Action movie flick time. Yeah, any interest in this? I mean, you know what? I'm not interested in any way, shape, or form, but you are. I heard you talking to my dad about it. Yeah, I figured. You you two were making plans to go see it. No, I I thought he'd be up for it. It's from director Edward Zwick, who worked with Tom Cruise on The Last Samurai. He's got a lot of movies, that Zwick guy. Yeah, but most of them are from the 90s and early aughts. Yeah, but they're good. Mm-hmm. Blood Diamond, Glory, uh, Legends of the Fall, yeah. Courage Under Fire, and About Last Night. <laughs> oh, really? He did yeah. that back in the 80s? He's got right. a lot of range. He does. He's got more more range than the uh, appliance section of Lowe's. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep going, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I like that Tom Cruise takes a break from doing Mission Impossible movies where he plays a super spy to do these. <laughs> another spy movie. Yeah, where he yeah. plays an independent spy. He's going to be a spy in another movie coming out pretty soon uh, where Ooh. he's a pilot and a spy. Yeah, he's going to have to take a break and do another science fiction movie. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. If he's not in a science fiction movie or playing a spy, <laughs> he's out of work. He needs to be a spy in space. That should be his next movie, Spy in Space. Space Spies. There's a character played, the character played by Kobe Smolders is named, uh, oh, well, they say her name is Danica, but it's actually Susan Turner. So my whole point is made moot. I had a whole thing about how, if her character's name was Danica, how odd that would be, because there's another actress on the movie named Danica. And that's such a weird name that when they were calling out Danica, they would wonder if you're talking about the character or the, or the uh, actress. I agree. But. <laughs> the point is moot because there is no 
uh, role or character named Danica. Unless her character has a secret identity <sighs> that was uncovered. Jeez, I don't know. Man. Um, it, I, I like the, the uh, preview. I did see the preview for this one. It was just a one-minute preview where uh, he shows up and just sort of in a diner somewhere and a cop comes along and he says, hey, two things are going to happen here. One thing is that phone's going to ring. The next thing you're going to, what, you're going to be wearing these handcuffs or something like that? Yeah, I kind of like that. All right. I like I like it when the uh, the action star calls a shot like Babe Ruth. So Sounds like you're looking forward to this movie more than The Accountant. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think this will have more action and it'll probably have less... Less talky, talky, boring you know, exp- exposition through dialogue. But I might be wrong because the first Jack Reacher movie had a lot of that too. Yeah. So, fair enough. Uh, if you're not into action, you could always go the comedy route with uh, the film starring Zach Galifianakis, well, Isla Fisher, John Hamm, and Gal Gadot in a movie that should be called Meet the Smiths Part 2, but instead it's called Keeping Up with the Joneses. Well, this is an action comedy, action slash comedy. So there's some action in this. I saw it. I've seen that. This thing has been advertised more than any other movie this year, I think. Uh, originally, it was supposed to come out in April, so they pushed back the release date. So, yeah, there's been trailers floating around online for quite a while. Does this movie push Jack Reacher? Can it make as much as Jack Reacher? No, I think Jack Reacher makes more. You think it? Jack Reacher wins the box office? Yeah, I don't think Zach Galifianakis has a whole lot of pull in the box office. Well, Gal Gadot, she's fetching. She is. Uh, she's you know famous for playing Wonder Woman, and she has the standalone Wonder Woman film coming out next year. John Hamm's famous for Mad Men, and he's a funny guy, but I don't think he's a box office draw. Isla Fisher, Fisher, Isla Fisher, probably not as much of a draw. No, but it's an action comedy, sort of spy thriller kind of thing, like the movie Spy. It was directed by Greg uh, Matola, who did 2007's best comedy, Superbad. <laughs> and he also did the best comedy in 2013, Clear History, the Larry David movie that was on HBO. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I did enjoy the 2011 film Paul, where Seth Rogen plays the alien. Oh, okay. Yeah. But to me, that always uh, his movies always seem like, oh, this is good to put on HBO. This is the film that I need to catch up with that I didn't see in theaters and didn't rent from Redbox. But, oh, look, it's a free weekend of HBO. I'll record this and watch it sometime in the next three months. Yeah, I'm afraid that we saw the best parts in the trailer, and the the trailer's not great. There are some Mm -hmm. parts, like the first time I saw it with Dad, he laughed at some of the parts, and the second time we saw it just this past weekend with the accountant, he was like... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> like it just it gets a little tedious after a while. Zach Galifianakis is uh is the saffron of comedy. <laughs> you don't want to use a whole lot of him. Is it good that this movie's rated PG thirteen? Well, it's odd that it's rated PG thirteen with Jack Reacher at PG thirteen. It's just odd marketing for me. I, I don't understand it, but they've obviously done their tests. Huh? So I, I I think this would have been better if they had made it an R rated film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could have been it, like super bad. It was mm-hmm. definitely the it, by the language alone is what made that movie funny. But the situations of uh, keeping up with the Joneses could lend itself to some some of that uh, more intense comedy yeah. w- that you would find in an R-rated movie. Uh, that would it make a difference at the box office though? That's always what they bank on. Yeah, I don't know. It, the 
It would have been a better movie for us if it had been R-rated. It, it would have been better alone. for us. The problem is also comedies don't play well overseas, even action comedies. Uh, Gal Gadot is from Israel. I don't think that helps it have a whole lot of appeal. And Isla Fisher is now Jewish. She became Jewish after oh, really? she married uh, after Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, I didn't know he was Jewish. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe he's not. Maybe he's Muslim and they just like to fight. That would be an awesome joke to play on your wife. You have to become Jewish if you want to marry me. And then afterwards you go, hm, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> this is written by uh, Michael Lassier. Mm-hmm. Last movie he did was You, Me, and Dupree, which I thought was a funny movie, but it's yeah, yeah. kind of like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, probably even less than that. And Glory Days with a Z. So he doesn't have much of a pedigree in terms of comedy. No. Um, I could see this coming in second or third in the box office. Really? All right. So and then falling off. Um, and then the third film coming out uh, finally causes our national nightmare to finally end. We have been waiting for three years for another Medea movie to be released in theaters. Well, why and is that? It? Okay. Well, it's a what, national nightmare. What? What is we, the? We have. We haven't had. Uh, a movie we've had to wait three oh, years. Oh, the fact that we haven't had yeah, a movie it, is a nightmare. It's scary. Okay, I get it. I thought the movie itself was going to be a nightmare. Boo! A Medea Halloween <sighs> hits theaters. This is from director Tyler Perry. It was written by Tyler Perry and it stars Tyler Perry. And it was made in only six days. Really? Yeah, so now we have... It's like one of those film festival type movies. <laughs> and it's rated PG-13. It was filmed in six days or created in six days? Shot the whole thing it, from, from start to finish. It says shot in six days. Did they give him a premise and an outfit that he had to wear and, and a prop and say, hey, you have six days to finish this? Apparently they were joking around about this film when they did Top 5 when he was working on that film. Okay. And he's like, all right, yeah, I can take this premise. We turn to, we do this as a short. Oh, wait. Oh, I think we got enough for an hour and 43 minutes. <laughs> do you? All right, Let's so someone grab a camera. Do you honestly? I know what think, we're doing Tuesday after next. Do you honestly think that that, that is going to lend itself to a good movie experience? Tyler Perry movies make between fifteen and twenty-five million opening weekend, and I bet this costs less than ten million to make. Okay, arguably this is that's not the my safest bet of a movie. That's not my question. Though. I've never seen a Medea movie. Okay, I've seen clips from some of them, Which and I like Tyler Perry when he's not. In a Tyler Perry movie. Well, he was great in Gone Girl. He was arguably the best part of that movie. But that's the only time I could say he was great in anything. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Out of the Shadows, he was great in there. Turtles Part 2. I haven't seen any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Oh, you're missing out. And I still need to see him in Alex Cross. Oh, yeah. I heard uh, mixed reviews on that. But he wasn't the bad part of it. Oh, he did ruin it? Okay. Well, yeah. But, eh, I don't know. Probably I shouldn't say anything just because... No, I probably won't be. <laughs> you don't want to see that? Medea Halloween. Well, maybe because Halloween's coming up, then you want to watch uh, a Halloween. horror movie. Well, Halloween is my worst. It's my worst holiday. Really? Yeah, you never know what to go as. Also, the big kids beat me up. I'm pretty sure you always go as the curmudgeon. <laughs> uh, the guy from Up. Just get rid of those canes. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate it. The, the big kids would beat me up to steal my candy. All right. Yeah. So, are you going to go for a straight-out horror film with Ouija: Origin of Evil, the prequel to uh, the movie from 2014, Ouija? This comes <laughs> to us from director Mike Flanagan, who gave us Hush, a f- horror film that you were big on. Yeah, I like the Netflix movie. Yeah, you said it was a prequel. This is a prequel. So origin it's pre-G, of Evil. or pre-Ouija. 
Puigi. So, okay. Well, what's the premise? It's set in 1967 Los Angeles. Okay. I was wondering Widowed how mother, far two daughters. past they went. Uh, they are scam artists. They run a seance business, but then they accidentally like contact the spirits, ooh. bring them forth. S gets real. Yeah. Uh, this is also rated PG-13. Wow. And is an hour and 39 minutes, so you could pretty much go see any of these films and be out at the same time. A string of uh, PG-13 movies. Hmm. No, I won't be seeing this. Will you be seeing this? No. I have no interest no, in... I never saw the first one. Supernatural movies. I really... I mean, you you sort of convinced me to go see uh, that thriller recently with the blind guy. Don't Breathe? Lights Out? Yeah, but that's not breathe. supernatural. That's what I mean. That's And that's as close as I think I get with these things. I can't remember the last... Oh, Crimson Peak. That wasn't even... Yeah, I convinced you to go see that. But that was also had the gothic influences yeah. and Guillermo del Toro. That was a different thing. I don't really care for PG-13 horror films. I don't like the ghost stuff. I think it's stupid. I've always so, thought Ouija boards are stupid. Something made by Hasbro doesn't have the uh, power to contact the dead. <laughs> if you can go to Toys R Us and buy it, you're you're not going to be contacting any ghosts. All right. If I give you, of these major releases, if I give you the first pick. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Uh, you can have the first and the last pick, or the, the middle, middle two. two. Which would you prefer? Ooh. Uh, and then we can go head to head as a little mini box office challenge. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna leave it out to you. You get the first pick and the last pick. I'll, I'll go first pick, last right. pick. So you're gonna go with Reacher and I don't know what your pick. Don't look at my notes over here. I see you spying my notes. Wait, wait. wait I, I get to. You get to pick I, the first and the Jack last. Reacher. So the first you're picking Jack Reacher for. Yeah. TV now for, you get to make two picks, right? Oh, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what, what's your last You're pick? Right. Oh, well, then I'll yeah, take. because you can pick the last pick. Cause I got, yeah, I'll take uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses and Boo. Yeah. So then I got Ouija. Ouija. And so. Yeah. And, that, and that's the order I would have them in anyway. I'm thinking 17 million for Boo. Mm-hmm. And Keeping Up with the Joneses I have at uh, 12. Okay. So you have the, to get. People love the numbers. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking around 30 million for those two. So you, your Jack Reacher would have to do better than the accountant, and Ouija would have to do. For, I think Jack well. Reacher can do thirty-five million. I still think the accountant's going to be second. I think looking at Ooh, those. the accountant could yeah take off some Ouija. So I, I think it's good for seven. Can I change million. that and pick the accountant? <laughs> do you want the accountant over one of those two films that you picked? Ooh, now it becomes a question. That no, would because be... it's got to be the new releases, or else our our audience will get really confused. Okay. I don't like to confuse the audience. Yeah, I, I think Jack Reacher is going to reach enough people and right. pull. I don't mind pulling that. We'll so. see. All right, that's so, a challenge. Standard gentleman's bet. There are two other movies that are coming out that I just wanted to mention because one of them is my top pick of the year, uh, or at least of the of the fall season. I'm I'm a little I'm a, I'm I'm coming off of the Billy Lynn's long time halftime walk or whatever. Yeah, I've heard bad things about it, so they're scaring me off a little bit. But I'm still interested in the Valley of Violence, which is Ty West's new movie starring John Travolta and Ethan Hawke in his second western of the year. Uh, it's also got Tassa Formiga and Karen Gillian. I think it's coming out in about 40 theaters. So if this comes around us, then I, I kind of want to see this first before I go see Reacher. The other movie that's coming out in a number of theaters is American Pastoral. Both of these movies have been on the festival circuit some, but American Pastoral is the probably the most interesting thing about this is that it was uh, directed by Ewan McGregor. But it also stars 
Jennifer Connelly, who there's an incredible consistency to her looks. Yes. <laughs> She's been fetching since, the, uh, since Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, up until now. And then, uh, Dakota Fanning is the daughter and it's a, it was a great book. Um, but those are two movies that are probably not coming out in wide release. So we won't necessarily be able to go see them. Are you interested in any of those? You know, yeah. I think both of those films are interesting. Uh, if you have the chance to see either of those, that's what I would recommend you go see over any of the movies that are coming out in really? wide release. Over Jack, Re- Jack Reacher? I think Jack Reacher, you can wait for it to come out on HBO. Ooh, okay. Um, so what, I, I like the original, but it's whatever. Would you get anything on the on the Redbox? Yeah, on the Redbox, a great Woody Allen film comes out. Uh, didn't have much of a box office release. Uh, this film stars Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. The film's name is called Cafe Society. And if you were a fan of the Coen Brothers film from earlier this year, Hail Caesar, and just that time period out in Hollywood, the 1940s, this is a great film. Jesse Eisenberg goes out to work in Hollywood and become a part of that whole industry. His uncle is played by Steve Carell. And is Jesse Eisenberg an analog for Woody Allen? Is he just playing that? Yeah. He, he, oh, he's definitely there. There's a scene about halfway through the film when he, uh, orders a prostitute and she comes late and he's tired and he tries to send her away and she gets offended and he's very much doing a Woody Allen impression in there. But overall, I thought the movie was really strong. I really like a lot of these later works from Woody Allen. Uh, Moonwalk, Walk midnight, Paris or moonwalk, midnight, yeah, midnight in the moon. Of yeah, the, the of Paris one was great. Yeah. Uh, Irrational Man. So I really like Woody Allen. I know he's not for everyone, but if you do like him, I can strongly recommend Cafe Society. And As Kristen a, Stewart, I'm starting to think is actually a talented actress. Yeah, I've been on the Kristen Stewart. Uh, I don't want to say train, but I've been I've been backing her since Camp X-ray. Yeah, there, there, there's like something interesting to her. I'm not, I'm not willing to call her a fave yet. But are you? What are the production values on this being a period piece? They're pretty high. I mean, I, I do feel like I'm in that time period. Generally, I mean, Woody Allen is pumping out these movies like a brood sow once a year, and uh, sometimes they can be of um, you know varying qualities. In yeah. terms of production values, I, I thought he put out movies for like four or five million. Apparently, this had a production budget of thirty million. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, I was a little surprised it hasn't even come close to making that money back yet. No. So that's my red box pick. What right. about if uh, you're staying home and you want to stream some stuff? Well, there's a net pick of the week that uh, I'm interested in seeing what you had to see about and hearing what you have to say about this movie, just because uh, it's about Amanda Knox, the woman who was accused of murder in Italy. And I knew it was a controversy back then in 2007. I wasn't aware. I like, I didn't pay a whole bunch of attention to it. I just knew it was a a tabloid sort of thing that had some controversy surrounding it. So I kind of avoided learning anything about the case. What's interesting about this movie is they interview her. They interview another suspect in the case. They interview the detective that was in charge of prosecuting the case, and they interview a uh, reporter. So they have first time or, or uh, first person, real time interviews with these people um, ten years after the events, and they all have very vastly different takes on the uh, uh, the sort of experience as it unfolded. And it's just interesting to compare the four of them and see whose side you're on. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, everything, like all documentaries, is, there tends to be a, a direction that they want you to head. But I think one of the characters in this documentary undermines the direction that Rod Blackhurst and Brian McGinn want to lead you to. These guys were responsible for uh, Netflix's other movie, Chef's Tables, documentary series about sh- you know chefs going around eating. And then uh, Will Ferrell Takes the Field. They also did that hmm. documentary series where Will Ferrell goes and plays baseball. So anyway, it's an interesting little movie to watch on the Netflix uh, yeah, documentary. So if you were into the NPR podcast, um, not American Crime, uh, uh, Serial. Yeah, Serial. So if, if you like that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm always throwing out these movies for you, these documentaries. Sometimes they're hit or miss, but... They seem pretty yeah. popular. So Yeah, so. Netflix was stre- uh, it's streaming on Netflix. It's one of those uh, trending things, and I, I avoided looking at it just because I don't really want to get involved in controversial subjects necessarily, but... Um, this was compelling enough to continue to watch. So the other, that's my net pick of the week. The other movie that I think, uh, it's a TV show that I actually think you'll really enjoy. So this is a pick for you. Ooh. Goliath, Billy Bob Thornton's new television show. I think they've already picked it up for a second season. It's, uh, created by David E. Kelly, who was behind, Oh, Doogie Howser, uh, Boston Legal. I think. Oh, love the Boston Legal. So it's got a lot of that like late 80s, 90s TV feel to it. It's loaded with tropes and loaded with uh, motifs from that time period. The hooker with a heart of go- gold, that kind of thing. Uh, the, but the, the acting of Billy Bob Thornton in this as a beleaguered sort of washed up ambulance chasing lawyer having his last shot at redemption in a wrongful death lawsuit is uh it's it's compelling enough and the the writing is is um at least in terms of the staging and the production uh, the uh the the movement through the episodes you want to watch the next episode when the last one ends so it lends itself right to that whole binge watching thing you want to see what happens and where they're leading and uh each is a, each episode is a self-contained unit with drama and a, and an arc, but there's also this longer theme that runs throughout. So it's it's well worth it. Okay, yeah, uh, David E. Kelly that that makes me excited. When I saw the trailer for it, I kind of thought, oh, this is like a John Grisham novel turned TV series. Yeah, I don't know. It's got a uh, Maria Bello in it Ooh. as his wife, and it's got uh, John Hurt. Who play? That's why John Hurt was on my mind earlier. But he plays the uh, his his enemy. He had this. Uh, he's got these weird affectations. That I, I mean, they could be annoying, I suppose, if you're really scrutinizing the movie. But they're there for enjoyment. And he's, it's really over the top. He's got it in for Billy Bob Thornton's character. So there's there's a lot. It, I saw the first two episodes. The first one is called Of Mice and Men. The second episode is called Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, ooh. I wonder what's going on with these movie t- or these uh, episode titles. This could be pretty interesting, but then it just devolves into pretty much nothingness, meaninglessness. So, uh, fair enough. Episode seven is Beauty and the Beast, though. All right, and that's available on Amazon Prime. You said Amazon Prime, Goliath, Yay. yeah. And on Netflix, you're recommending the Amanda Knotts mm-hmm. documentary. Uh, there are two films coming out in limited release in A Valley of Violence and American Pastoral. We're both positive on both of those films. The four films coming out in major release were not nearly as big on Boo and Medea Halloween. 
Ouija Origin of Evil, Keeping Up with the Joneses, and then Jack Reacher Never Go Back, which we'll be reviewing if we can't get our hands on In a Valley of Violence. Otherwise, we get to review another Western. Fingers crossed, audience. <laughs> yes, awesome. So uh, thank you for joining me, Eltrain. Thank you, Pox at Boom, everybody. There be dragons. Welcome to Laugh, episode 189. It's a wee laugh for the October 21st. I told the kids that uh, someone left their prunch up here. <laughs> Since someone left a whole bottle of prunch. My tongue just popped out of my mouth. Huh. I was trying to go first. And it just went. October 20th. I got, I got a flat tongue. Huh. All right. Fascinating. Uh, yeah.